0: You're listening to The Razor's Edge. The Razor's Edge is an investing podcast. Your hosts are Akram's Razor, an investor and trader with decades of experience in markets, and me, Daniel Schwarzman, who has been focused on the market as a career for the past decade. We take investing ideas or themes we're interested in and break them down, or we speak with expert guests to get a wider understanding of a given topic. To get episodes of The Razor's Edge, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you have a chance, or share this show with a friend. You can also check out our work on Seeking Alpha under our respective names, or reach us on Twitter at, at Daniel Shortman or at Akram's Razor. Our standard disclaimer and disclosure. The Razor's Edge is a Shortman Studios production. The views discussed belong to either Akram or me, respectively, or to our guests when we have them. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. We'll disclose any positions in any stocks discussed at the end of the podcast or during our introduction to the given episode. All right, welcome to an emergency edition of The Razor's Edge. It's our regular weekly edition, but we were recording this the night before we published this or the afternoon before we publish this eastern time we are covering twitter finally dropping the ban hammer on president donald j trump what does it mean stock last i checked was down four percent i don't know it's started recovering from a steeper sell-off this morning but to break it all down we of course have akram's razor my co-host we also have rajiv Sood, who is a former twitter employee who is on the podcast a couple months ago now i think it was we had a really good time talking twitter earnings it was the day
1: after twitter earnings that's right the last time that
0: the (laughs) The last time felt like a
2: rock (laughs) that's right
0: so we're gonna break down rajiv asked his twitter followers of course for some questions on the stock we've also got stuff to share so we're cutting short the normal introduction just we will disclose that each of these two guys have positions in twitter i do not Akram has heckled me. How do you feel about that,
2: Rajiv? That he doesn't own any of this thing yet. I mean, isn't that just like like one share? He owns like 35 stocks. He doesn't
1: have one share of Twitter. I'm just I I am let's let's talk about that. I want to know why. (laughs) What what is the point of that? (laughs) I am gonna go.
0: We need some content moderation right here. I am uh, um, all right. So high level guys, or you know, Friday night this all came about. Here we are Monday afternoon. What, Akram, I'll let you start it off. What are you thinking? What do you? I mean,
2: uh, let, you know, right. let's, if you want to set it up, like Twitter was was the last to react. It, it came after 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 the close on Friday, uh, in typical Twitter fashion. Uh, Zuck beat us to the punch with with Trump. Look, I think the the obvious thing here, all of us going and anyone long the stock, you know, has had the the looming Trump albatross with with respect to the election. What happens when he's done? And I think we'd all we'd all been resigned to the fact that w- once we had passed January 20th, uh, he would uh, essentially be a private citizen and he would be subject to, you know, their guidelines for a private citizen. Right. He was no longer going to get the the added leeway he was getting as uh, public interest, you know, world leader, particularly the president of the United States and. That was, I, I think, you know, anybody in the stock was comfortable with that. He was like, you know, Trump came to Twitter. He's got this many followers. What if he stops tweeting? What if he goes to parlor? What if he starts his own network? You know, that was like, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know, Rajiv, I think you'd agree. Like, I didn't care. You know, I was like,
1: whatever. No, totally. Right? Totally didn't care. Yeah.
2: What changed, I think, from last week, where is you banned the president of the United States? while Mm -hmm. he's still technically the president of the United States. And that's where you get into this element where, I mean, everybody banned him, right? But everybody else's business model doesn't revolve around news, public interest, et cetera. And they banned him for incitement, essentially. And we don't even know, like based on their blog posts, they seem to insinuate, you know, some security, safety issues involved. Maybe, maybe, you know, uh, uh, authorities, yeah, FBI are talking to them, who knows. But incitement, you know, essentially coup d'etat, right? I mean, well, you, you, like, we we can call it whatever you want, but really that's what was going on there as far as uh, the argument. You, you're, you're, you're encouraging people to storm the Capitol, people died in the Capitol, uh, you're, you're a public risk and the public benefit of having you be a world leader was now just outweighed by that. Now, this is, of course, quite controversial because, I mean, you, you've now delved into the deepest layer of politics because this country has its issues right now. Congress is divided. No one's been able to act. And you've got big tech kind of making their moves. And it's kind of mushroomed over the weekend into this parlor, you know, which when, you know, parlor, I mean, let's not forget, like when he lost the election, uh, everybody was in the, you know, let's move to parlor. Let's move to parlor week protest type of thing that was going on. Right. and. Parlor was trending for whatever seven, eight, nine days once they started labeling his tweets, right? And you had that that whole dynamic, and that's added something new, right? Because if Trump is not on Instagram, it's no big deal. If the Trump Shopify store gets shut down, like it does nothing to those business models, right? If a person like Trump can know the next president or whatever, or a foreign leader. This is where you get into where this gets complicated, you know, says something that, you know, is viewed as, let's say, you know, potentially inciting or whatever, and they don't step in to act, right? If you are a person like a Rush Limbaugh, who, you know, initially people started posting that he got off, uh, he was kicked off Twitter, and then it was like, no, he actually deactivated his account and, and whatnot. I mean, like, if you're a business model for 30 years, and I used to listen to Rush in the 90s a lot, okay, so I know how it works you know i mean rush used to open every single show america held hostage day 125 of the clinton presidency whatever right so like i mean what is that <laughs> right is that is like that's a talk radio show and and that, that's where it works in that narrative so obviously we've come a long way since 1990 and what's happened with talk radio and, and once the fcc pulled out uh you know, the, the fairness doctrine that existed with, with respect to news, you know, news became polarized, right? Like MSNBC and CNN are giving you what they want, Fox News, and uh, now you've got this OANN, and, it, you know, it's like they tar- you target your existing audience. And in between sits social media with their protections, right? Section 230 and user-generated content, they're not charging you, but they're running private advertising models around it, public discourse, and that's where Twitter, I think, is complicated because I mean I don't know, like I mean, for like I mean, if you think about events that made Twitter, one of them is the Arab Spring, right? And the Arab Spring is what? I mean, it was it was an overthrowing of government organized by Twitter. And when you think about many things that have, ha- you know, a natural disaster hits, people respond on Twitter, right? Uh, you know, you want to organize something, people respond on Twitter. Like there's it it it, it plays into like that town square element and who is going to be the judge, the arbiter of, you know, a resistance, let's democratically against a, you know, a totalitarian regime, versus the United States of America, you know, uh, a, a democratic election that that's, that's some people view as been stolen, and then the 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 other half views as you know the beginning of a rise of a fascist dictator, right, who's who's refusing to let his grip on power go. And increasingly stepping in that direction, it's let's just say controversial, right? It's not easy. So, and this is the one company where it's kind of a core element of the business model. So, I mean, we can't we can sit here and say it's irrelevant. This and we'll be fine, and the numbers will be good. And by the way, I'm I'm more than confident about the actual operating business, and I'm more than confident that if you were to eliminate, you know, the entire right ultra-right-wing who, let's say, maybe is is upset and protesting with Trump that you don't hurt the business at all, right? But that changes the nature of the business and the core premise, the, like the underlying fundamentals of it. Because what happens with another foreign country in the future and like you saw J- junior bringing this up and and there's ways around the argument they're like if the mullah of iran is going to say this and so and so is going to say that well it's like they're foreign leaders they're not the united states and and what's being classified as an insurrection well it looks it looks like we got to a point where you know the leaders of the united states global technology founded companies ultimately had to step in and act on something that maybe After getting a lot of shit, you know, they felt responsible for partially. Yeah. I think that that kind of sums it up in terms of the dilemma that people are facing in it, right? Like, we, it would have been really nice if he could have just waited a week, okay? (laughs) There's not much else to say, but that's
1: not who he is. Yeah. Yeah, I think you summed it up really nice there, Akram. You know, I think that um, there... (sighs) You can't. I mean, they're kind of in a in a in a hard spot, right? Twitter, because it is a different business than Shopify throwing off his store. I mean, big deal. He sells a couple less MAGA hats, you know. But um, when it comes to Twitter and and discourse and and open communication, uh, that is their fundamental business model. And and to I look, I, I was fully expecting him to to lose protections after January 20th. I mean, that that was something that they had said. They had clarified, everyone knew it was coming. He's no longer the POTUS. Um, you know, that that's fine. I wasn't expecting a ban. Um, but their their justifications do make sense. I mean, he uh, he is inciting violence. And if other tech leaders and other tech platforms are taking similar actions, um, you know, Twitter holding off to the end was was. I don't think that shows like they were indecisive. I think they were trying to really, really get a grasp on what the effect of this would be. Um, and I don't really, I, you know, at some point in time that they, they're going to have to make these decisions as to what can be organized on their platform. Right. Um, you look at, I mean, the the best example of this is Parler because Parler welcomed all these right wing, um, you know, the, uh, People onto their platform, and what happens six months later? They're shut down. they literally the platform doesn't exist right now. <laughs> you know, I have the app on my phone, but I can't log into it any longer. AWS shut down their backend hosting. They're no longer able. To, you're no longer able to download it. And the fundamental reason for that is because companies like Apple and Google want to have some sort of uh, some. They want the the app developer or the app owner to have some sort of uh, rules in place. To protect U.S. citizens, the the United States of America, everybody around the world, um, to, to protect their well being, uh, you know, Apple is not going to let Parler incite uh, run uh, rampant and have right wing people, just, you know, inciting all these violent protests or or marches or or invasions of the Capitol on on Parler. Apple's not going to allow it. I mean, Parler can do whatever they want, but I mean, you can see that what happened. Apple's like, nope, sorry. Amazon's like, nope, sorry. You know they, <laughs> this is like, it, it sucks because Jack is in this, pl- in this position and he had to make that decision and Twitter had to make that decision. I think it was the right one. Um, I, I know I, I'm not typically, I'm typically not a fan of banning people outright from, especially from a platform like Twitter. Um, but listen, when you break rules that are detrimental to the, to the health of society or the health of a single individual, I mean, your voice doesn't exist anymore. You sh- I mean, you get thrown in jail. Right, if this happened in public, you would be thrown in jail. What's the difference between not having a phone in jail and not having Twitter Yeah, I mean, on your it, phone? Right, it, it, it's we 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 have a couple of
2: questions that are, are First Amendment, you know, and we were just joking, like finally get to use my my law school, uh, degree. But I mean, the con <laughs> the con law the con law element of this is is not lost on anybody. And people like for some reason, and we've seen this a lot in COVID. It's a free country when it comes to the masks and all. Eh, uh all these things like look i went to a prep school where if my hair was below my collar i had to cut it okay and if i was uh, if you hadn't been clean shaven they sent you to shave and the dean's office and i remember one time a kid kid in my class who was per- peren- a perennial violator, violator of that rule uh he he went to shave one day and he picked the dullest razor left in in there and just mutilated his face and caused like a a a, friggin', a mess Right. Like it came back like all bleeding. And then and like, what the hell happened to you? And he's like, oh, I shaved like you demanded. Right. It's not my fault. The razor was dull. And the school had like had to deal with that headache. I mean, uh, if you've if you've been to a prep school in the northeast race, you know, uh, uh, racism. Uh, Using the n-word, uh, like these types of things, so you're expelled. If you if you've worked not tolerated in, at all. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you worked in 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 a corporate America, you know, like if you make a, a, an inappropriate reference in many cases. This, like, if you remember, what was the the Demi Moore movie with Michael uh, Michael Douglas? Disclosure, right? Where she sexually harasses him, but like like. The sexual harassment thing that started in the early '90s, like you, like, and and the Me Too movement recently, and, and like you, there's there's codes of conduct, right? And that's just how it, how it works in corporate America and a professional environment and in private institutions. When you get to free speech and incitement, okay, people like you don't have anything beyond a right to express yourself you know in a law abiding almost constructive manner if you really wanted to sum up free speech right yes because yeah. everything isn't protected
1: yes you have still have to follow common normal laws you can't just say whatever you want or do whatever you want because of the first amendment
2: yeah and the court struggled with the tests at different times you know it started out with the the old you know fire in the theater type of example with homes and you you progressed to you know is it a, is it language that rises to a clear and present danger. And they, and they have criteria for evaluating that, right? Anything that Trump did recently would have failed that test, okay? The, the interesting thing about Trump is that, well, I mean, it's the president. It's, it's one branch of government, okay? And one branch of government is, is run into this situation where the other two branches of government, you know, are not there to deal with it. And you're getting people who are, who are getting into this, Topic where they're like, who's the arbiter? Right. I mean, I don't know if you watch Trump Jr.'s rant, but it's like, look, I mean, if I nominate Supreme Court judges, it's their interpretation is is, is the final arbiter of, of what is the criteria of that First Amendment right in the Constitution. Right. And that's how it's worked. Okay. But uh, unless Congress passes a new law, but what we've generally tolerated in the United States is there's been a peaceful transition of power and there's, It's very hard to see because they've been so focused on Section 230. And if you go back to the parlor and if you look at if you look at his post existence as president, as something, you know, that can be monetized business wise, uh, if this was all something that just backfired, you know, an orchestration to get 230. I mean, remember, we, we, we were just recently tying it to the stimulus. They've been trying to take it apart. Right. So. Like you had Lindsey Graham bre- breach that when they counted on the 600 and the, to get it done, saying, hey, if you want to do this, let's go one step for, uh, further. Repeal Section 230, right? Then McConnell went that way. Then McConnell backed off. McConnell did a 180, okay? And he pulled that, and he said, let's just pass it without it because Section 230 is too complicated to deal with. And, I mean, there is no denying that if, if you were to repeal that here right now, like what, what these platforms are going to do is operate like a private school. They will have their rules. They will put them up and you will only be able to play by them. If you're going to be on them and for some things you need them, there's no getting around that. And if you're constructive, they'll still be there as tools. Right. But as, as you've seen with parlor, like you're not going to get into this game with a business model, you know, uh, on, on the ultra right running, you know, a, a place to, you know, where Lynn Wood is, is posting that, uh, uh, you know, the Pope, the Pope is going, uh, what, like, uh, you know, abusing children and 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 uh and uh pence needs to be hanged
1: right mm-hmm. you know that, that was that guy was, sitting, that guy was sitting in the white yeah. House a few weeks ago yeah <laughs> in the yeah. oval Office so you can't you can't say these things
0: <laughs> yeah so let me jump in first to with quick two cents and then we can start to go into questions because two thirty is right there is one of our top questions, but I think the dynamic of him being president is definitely the the only area of question, right? Because they're a private company, and for all the reasons, it's like kicking a loud mouth out of a bar, et cetera, as, as along with the clear and present danger. But what's interesting is it's sort of like the market; these companies were able to act because the market, fi- the world, priced in that he was not going to be president anymore, right? And whether that was could have been done on you could argue it could have been done on november 7th let's say when the election was called and then um his repeated lying and that's where this whole arbiter thing is kind of silly because the arbiters of truth are also being ignored and it's it's very it's very uh soft fuzzy no absolute truths like very not what you associate with conservatism but so that's I think the interesting I think it asks the question and nobody asked us about it. It does to me ask beg the question around or ask questions around market power and it, the parlor's ban from Apple, Google, Amazon seems even more apparent for that. But the idea of these companies have such market power, which I don't know if we need to get into that here, but for Twitter the way you guys have put it on the one hand they are the only company that has this sort of unique business model where this is really critical even more than Facebook to what they are about that's both a strength in terms of their market position and a weakness because moderating content is just really difficult and really mm-hmm. hard and that's where if we go into Section 230, so Kermit Capital, who people, a lot of people follow on Twitter is great, great Twitter follow fantastic and, follow. Um has his own podcast, The Stock Detective. He asked, you'll probably already cover this, but I'm interested to hear your opinions on the impact of the business if it is regulated like a publisher, i.e. Section 230 is repealed, specifically if the whole UGC landscape sees a massive swing to more regulation, does Twitter... Have any meaningful advantages relative to Facebook, Google, Snap, ByteDance, the owner of TikTok, et cetera. And so maybe, Akram, do you want to reset, like remind us why, why 230 matters? And then we can jump into what happens if it, because I think your point is very astute that.
2: Well, I mean, you, you're, it, you're protecting them from economic liability in a country where, you know, you, you slip on your dad's sidewalk, you can sue your father. <laughs> I mean, like so I mean we, we understand from a, from a negligence standpoint where you open up the door to how you want to deal with it, but, like I said, they would operate like you know a dominant private school right i I don't see how that would change because there are people who are using Twitter for finance, there are people who are using Twitter to follow sports, there are people who are using Twitter for all kinds of things interest wise that are constructive, and brands want to be associated with that so A brand healthy environment. You know, my my brother gives me a hard time about this stuff. And brand safe, right? Is a very key thing for advertising. If you want to go back to Parler, you know, and and Rajiv has 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 nailed some points on this very clearly. You know, in in terms of what they were running infrastructure-wise, and and how weak they were before they were shut down. Parler's business model, if it was ever going to be anything remotely, uh, this is where you get it's almost like a hustle. It's like a grift in the sense you go when you pursue everyone who's frustrated with pushback on their political ideology and maybe uh, at times abhorrent behavior. Okay. And they say, well, you know what? We don't need this. We'll go start our own place where we'll just do whatever we want. Right. That's not a brand safe environment. Okay. So you're not going, you're not going to have advertisers. You're doing actually everybody else a favor. So what you are doing is this, is you're You're luring them in, okay? You want to get to scale, and then you're going to have to institute the regulations, okay? And at that point, what have you done? Like, you're just like, people say, I can build a Facebook or a Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, you can, but you, like, there's the intangible asset is the community, okay? And replicating that once it's been replicated once does you no good, because you can't get people to move there have already moved there. Right. I mean, we also had questions here about product or whatever. And I was just thinking like this, like this podcast would have been like a Twitter spaces thing in two seconds. Right. Like we would have gotten, yes. we would we would have gotten on immediately.
1: Yes. I, uh, that's funny. You mentioned Twitter spaces. I actually reached out to, uh, the uh, product manager of Twitter spaces to see if I could get my feature flip for this specific podcast <laughs> so we could do it on Twitter today instead, but neither, neither here nor there. Yeah. But um, so why does that work that way? It works well
2: because, well, you know Kermit Capital or whoever these are, like all our relationships on Twitter are predicated about shared interests. Okay, if you come to, if you're following me, if 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 I let you into my Instagram fear, uh, sphere, you're, you're following you know my family and my friends and what I'm doing socially. Okay, that has nothing to do with what I think about investing. All right, it has nothing to do with how I think about sports. Maybe in some cases, but it's just like it it's not broad enough. Right, so. If I'm watching TikTok, the algorithm is feeding me, you know, uh, people dancing and, and whatever. Uh, it's entertainment, okay, in, in that sense, right? But when you look at what Twitter has done, and Snapchat's got its own little vertical in there in the younger generation, and they're all kind of between Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. It's kind of an overlap in the same nexus of time, right? Twitter's being used by people as a productivity tool, as if it was a subscription service, no different than Bloomberg in a lot of businesses. It's it is that for journalists. It's that for traders. Okay. it's that for venture capitalists. It's that for a lot of people. Okay. And when you look at it from that, like this is not changing anything for that. All right. What it is changing is that uh, people will be reporting what Donald Trump said on it in every other place, you know, on the news, on TV or whatever, because that's the only place that this guy was able to get an audience that like allowed him to be unfiltered and behave the way he is, because if you st- constantly started doing that in another environment, you start dealing with the problems that come with his behavior. That's right. So, I mean, is that yeah. kind of like, that, like I mean, I, I guess I'm a little bit ranting off topic in Section 230. But, like, to me, when I look at it, if you're going to regulate everybody, right, like it would apply to everybody in general. So, when like this thought that Twitter doesn't have an advantage, well, It's still a news-driven platform, right? And it's still essentially a productivity tool more tied to your professional life and interests, okay, than any of these uh, these other platforms. And that's why you go back to what these other, like uh, Rajiv's point is excellent as far as what Amazon Web Services did to uh, Parler is much bigger news than what Twitter is doing as far as content moderation. And anything we want to talk about section 230, like that's the power company turning off your power because they're not happy with uh, something that has absolutely nothing to do with the relationship you contracted for them for. But they're telling you, look, you're a public nuisance. And why was it why weren't they all looking at them from that from, from that perspective before? Because things didn't escalate to the point that we got last week. okay? and this has been the problem with Donald. I mean, if anybody who's been voted Republican in the past, like me, anyone who had like identifies with economic policy, more so that's classified as the right in the past, or anything that that, that leans you know away from like if you're not happy with a lot of things AOC and these people are doing, right, Anyone who has that w- was justifying a lot of Trump's actions for a while, okay? And it'd be like, yeah, he doesn't really mean it. He's funny. That was hilarious. And, like, and we had to do that because he's president of the United States of America, right? So at times, and if you voted for him, you also have to do that, right? Because you're like, you know, of those 75 million people that just voted for him again, I'm going to say 90% do not share the same common values of his typical behavior, okay? I'm, well, uh, I'm very optimistic that way.
0: Let me jump in. First of all, one thing that has driven me nuts, and I'm going to tease you on it. He got 74.2 million votes as far as I understand. I don't get how he got away with rounding up to 75. Come on, people. (laughs) Let's be more numerate. It's 74
2: if we're rounding. Um, But no- there, there is the he has he has more twitter followers than he got votes There, he, well that's because right, exactly. people follow him for news yeah, i mean from, he, from around the world
0: for a trader yeah. perspective you have to follow him right but the other question with him is we know that politics is tied up in identity so much more now and i think that's when i uh, i forget if we were recording already when we you guys made fun of me about not owning twitter i have doubts about social media in part because it like it's the internet, right? It's the, it's the tough part of the internet, but it sucks up our energy and sucks up all our, so that we're much more aware of cool cat videos in wherever, Japan. My wife loves cat videos in Japan. Right. But at the same time, we're aware of how much more, how how, there've always been assholes out there. There you know, I grew up with a grouchy Russian who has his own, you know, Russians did not Russian immigrants to the U.S. did not do very well in this election, I will just say. But, you know, I grew up with the understanding that everybody is an asshole and you just like but people are out there. Right. But you didn't have to see them in the same way. You didn't have to hit up with people you disagree with. And there was that code of conduct in public. That code is not there on Twitter. And it's And it's not just a or the other platforms. I mean, the the codes are there are different codes, right? LinkedIn is a hustle, hustle, hustle. Let me show off sort of code, right? That's sort of the game over there. But do you there is there has to be and maybe that's where from. I don't know if that has anything to do with Section 230, but it feels like they do have even though they've started to do more moderation, they do have some exposure to the this identity this feeling of that's my guy or you know that's my girl whatever whatever side but i think i i'm not sure if i'm quite as optimistic as you akram about the percentages there but even if you are like you know that that's some sort of exposure right so it,
2: does that occur to you guys at all
1: Um yeah it's, you know it's it's funny i I mean I'm not going to answer I, I don't know how to answer your question directly but but I will say that the, this conversation is kind of interesting in the fact that we are discussing Twitter as it is tied to politics when that is not the tie right like we we should we should divorce the the fact that Twitter is tied to politics when it's really not i mean there is a lot of political discussion on Twitter, but Twitter as a company Twitter as a platform is not built for politicians. It's built for everybody. Um, and so, um, (laughs) I mean, with, with that said, Daniel, I I think, uh, yeah, I, um, I don't really think that 230 repeal. First of all, I don't think that they're going to repeal 230. I mean, I think that was just a play by the Republicans just to just to shake the trees of all these social media platforms. But even if they do modify or repeal it, I like I'm kind of on Akram's side or taking Akram's stance that that's fine. Like these will just become more like privatized institutions, and they'll post up their rules. And one one or two strikes and you're out. Um, it's kind of like that now. There won't be any protections as the president has had, but um yeah I, yeah, I don't the the, 230, the, sec, the the section 230 play is very political in nature in in my book, and the fact that it, it has only been brought to light because the Republicans are angry at uh, these platforms for um, not allowing them to behave in the way that they want to behave, essentially, uh, and, and that's why they keep bringing it up. That's just my own personal opinion. I, I, you know, I, I, I could be a little off on the fact that there might be some movement in Congress or or in the, in the government to change 230. But again, if there is, I don't think that it affects these platforms in the way that people think that they're gonna they're gonna be affected. Because at the end of the day, the power that these and I'm only talking about the social media platforms, Amazon Web Services, and and them cutting off Parler is is a different discussion of itself. But just these social media platforms. The power really comes from the desire of individuals to connect to other individuals via these platforms. I mean, we, we use Twitter because we find value in it. People use WhatsApp because they find value in it. I mean, if they share your data, I don't, and, and, and people are moving to signal, I, I don't think that there's going to be like this mass exodus of WhatsApp users to signal because of data sharing issues. It's because the, the people that want to, d- to connect with each other are all connecting through that one platform. So like, as Occam said at the beginning, like once you have built that network, it's very hard to displace. And it, it, I mean, no matter what one person does like Donald Trump inciting a riot or being banned off the platform, doesn't really change the, the direction of the platform. And, you know, I I do want to go, I do want to get back to the fundamental of what this actually does to Twitter as a business um, as part of this discussion, because I think that's really important for the, the listeners to 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 sort of wrap their head around. I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what's going to do ultimately to the business. But I think that there's th- th- we need to consider both sides, okay? Donald Trump had 88 million followers. He gets banned. I th- th- That doesn't mean that 88 million voices have been silenced, okay? That means that one guy has been silenced. There was overlap between his followers and whatever else they were following. And now they're not listening to Donald Trump on Twitter, okay? So I don't think that there's going to be like this mass exodus of people, maybe a million people leave. But again, the other side of that is that there are also people that didn't want to be on Twitter because of Donald Trump's vitriol, And that is another million or 2 million or 5 million people that will probably use Twitter a little bit more because it feels less chaotic without Donald Trump. And advertisers will also push to use Twitter more without the chaos of Donald Trump. So um, the brand, the brand it, safeness, it, the, the brand safety. Uh, it, it plays a big role in this. I mean, Elliot Turner nails. I think he absolutely nails. I mean, it's a little bit of an extreme analogy, uh, but I think he absolutely nails it. That Donald Trump was a negative influence on advertisers. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that comment too. I, I, I like that comment a lot. And I think it's true. I mean, you know w- what I, what I'm going to guess we're going to see here is th- this drop today in the stock price is all based on uncertainty. Oh my God. 88 million. Follower President uh, Donald Trump has been banned. What is going to happen to 88 million people? Are they all going to vanish off Twitter? <laughs> I, I think there's uncertainty there. And like being, you know, being a part of a technology, first of all, there's been people banned from Twitter before. Uh, tons of people with tons of followers have been banned for doing all sorts of stupid shit on Twitter. But the, the platform has continued to grow. What is the focus, number one focus for Twitter? It's health. If you have good, solid conversation that is not derailed by negativity or inciting of violence or doxing, Um, you have a healthier discourse of communication. And that leads to growth of more people joining the conversation. And that leads to growth of more advertisers wanting to be around the conversation that is not impacted by this negativity that was brought on by Donald Trump and whoever else. It makes it more productive. It's, it makes it more
2: productive it, and that makes it more powerful as a tool. Look, I will say, and I agree with you i I, I do want to steer the and we can get into the financial take on it uh, and I want to steer it that way. but I think the uncertainty that occurred for for people to understand uh, first the stock price move and what and what's going on and why Twitter, for example, on a day like today, falls more than everybody else. We discussed the fact that if, if a lot is associated with Donald, you know he was tweeting all the time since he came on like the, these these things, but I think it's very important to consider that, I mean, this is a platform that, as we said, you know, when when you had the Arab Spring and when you've had other major events, it's been associated with those. And when it comes to foreign governments, it's run into issues in the past, questions on who can access and who can monitor. Remember, data monitor pays for the pipe. Twitter divested the, uh, of that. And there was, there was issues around... Uh, uh, you know, Secret Service. What do you call them? Uh, spy agencies having access to the Twitter pipe and questions around those in the past. So it's always run into something where, like, who's listening to you and who's monitoring you. Now we live in a day and age when everybody can listen and everybody can monitor, and the tools are there at the government level. So that's a different story. What I think, why I think that the it got channeled immediately as like you know, antiness and and. You know, I was joking with Rajiv when he messaged me earlier today he was about the stock and, and how far it fell. I was like, at two Brutai? You know, <laughs> Like, I mean, I expected <laughs> to get, uh, uh, you know, everybody in, in, instantaneously is like, here we go again, right?
1: It's like something. I, I have a challenge for you. Yeah, let me challenge you on this real quick. So let's pretend, let, let's say that they didn't ban Donald Trump and he continued to do what he was doing. Um, There was another rush on Capitol Hill. There was more violence in the streets. He loses all his protections after January 20th. Twitter starts, puts on more labels, deletes tweets, but leaves them on the platform. What do you think is a net effect on Twitter when going down that uh, sort of path? Personally, I think they would have followed the same path as Parler, been banned from both app stores. AWS probably revoked their hosting. I mean, like this is. This, See, like <laughs> I, is your- I, don't,
2: I, I don't think it goes there necessarily. So I, I counter Rajiv that I think. I mean, whether you were watching yeah, so CNBC we- today with like Joe Kernan talking about big tech clamping down, there's a lot of VCs. So I will tell you from, and I mean, I'm just gonna cut straight to this. Uh, Republicans who were justifying Trump up until even Wednesday, right? They, they got, they got scared. All right, there's a bit of like. A, you know, I don't know if you saw the clip of Lindsey Graham in Dulles Airport, right? With the MAGA lady being like, we'll follow you for the rest of your life, trader, right? Right. He's looking and, at his
0: phone. And I, I don't know it. if
2: you, yeah. And I don't know if you said, if you looked at everybody being, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike Pence, right? So this, a lot of what just happened, you know, came as a shock to the people who were politics as usual. We will use him, okay? And we can manage him, even up until, you know, this week. You know, we'll protest with this. I will, I'm Ted Cruz. I'm going to run in 2024. I will handle this. Well, I'm going to do that. I want that base. Okay. I want him endorse my ticket because that's the path to the, to the next presidency. Okay. Those people, they have nothing they can do here, but hey, you know, let's, it's Biden's job to to heal the nation and let's stop being vindictive. Okay. And they have nothing else to do, but be channel it towards Twitter. All right, and be like, okay, where's the freedom of speech? Where will this stop? You want to shift the narrative here because if it's not, you're either ashamed or you're worried that your head's gonna be on a stick soon because it's unclear how this ends. Does this end with the president of the United States impeached? Does it end with him criminally prosecuted? I mean, these are serious questions, and this is we're in uncharted waters history-wise, right? Yeah. So, you, you when you come to that point, we, we we have a transition coming on January 20th. But the question is, what comes next? I was joking, like he goes to Elba, he does whatever, right? There's something completely irrational about what Donald has done. This is a man who built his political identity on the back of Twitter, from trolling the president with the birther movement to he built his audience on that platform that shot him to the White House. Okay?
1: Yeah, I agree. And
2: and and, and this is a man who then thought he could wipe, you know. Wipe this off and go turn that into his own little empire. Did he like w- w- like if I'm one of the Trump children? If I'm Ivanka, or like we thought we we're gonna be like the conservative Kennedys or whatever. Like you would think at some point it's like, hey dad, we did well. Just walk Stop away waiting. and let me t- <laughs> let me take over next, right? You go yeah. play golf. Go play golf, right? Yeah, taxpayer funded uh, funded golf for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, work on your memoirs, which you know. You can write your your fifth book uh, with a ghostwriter. Sell your t
1: shirts, your buttons. Yes. So, like, and and
2: (laughs) we've got, we have a cash cow for the rest of our lives. And, you know, some of us will be in politics, some of us will be in business. He chose to burn the whole thing down. Like, I mean, there's no other way of looking at it. And it's, you can't rationally understand that. So, when I look at the people around this focusing on, you know, Twitter is doing this and we need to move here and a Rush Limbaugh. If I'm Rush Limbaugh, my, I've been inciting for 30 years, okay? So I need, to, I need to step off that platform and say it's persecution immediately as a defensive maneuver, okay? Because what happened Wednesday, like it, it, if the momentum comes, and this is where you're, if you're a Lindsey Graham or whoever and saying, he gets on Hannity and he's like, look, and I was watching Hannity, and I, like I'm very curious to see. What's going on in a person like that's head? And I'm all for like the country should – the country needs to heal. It needs to move forward. But if Donald Trump is not impeachable, whoever is, right? And that's when you get into the politics. Now, like, like, and, and, and to tell you the truth, I disagree with almost half the shit coming out of the left. I'm not happy with the Democrats on so many things. But this is just – this is behavior that went too far for anybody. And that's what we got into this. Like, this is where, like, I will tell you this, I would not have had a Twitter position if you told me last week was going to happen, right? Let alone, uh, you know, as, as as concentrated as I am, right? Not that this changes my view on the business, but you've introduced a lot of variables right now in the grand scheme of just investing, all right, that are, are quite complicated that I, I know, no one can tell you how they're going to play out. I really don't have visibility where it's going. And, and I think that's something that you know anybody investing today, you know, forget two thirty. You just need to be asking yourself like, is this going to be constructed? Are, are will this moment in history? How will it be defined and how will it end? And is this going to be like? I'm I'm all for a Biden pardoning him if he's the type of guy who says he'll disappear to Mar a Lago. Does he strike you as that guy?
1: No, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, there's not he, a lot. He, of, he, go ahead. He's Not even talked about <laughs> him. He doesn't even talk. He doesn't even want to look at Biden. He's not even going to the inauguration. He's, <laughs> this guy is on a power trip till the end of his days.
0: Yeah, it's you get. Yeah, it, there's not a lot of strategic thinking, and it's you know playing to the base is something that he's done all along. And um, let me use that though to go. We had a, so you guys have both kind of touched on this already, but at Nesta Nala Jacob says, I see this as a positive for Twitter as they shred users who violate their policies. Medium to long-term, I see them attracting advertisers and more users as they clean up the platform. What's your two to five-year outlook for Twitter? And then I think this is a statement. What makes Twitter so attractive is its diverse
1: user base. So Two thumbs like- up? Two thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I mean, you, you, the, the proof is in the pudding. We, they've been doing this health initiative where they've been shredding uh, users, bots, you know, people who have been violating their policies, um, and we're still seeing user growth. I mean, they're they working towards a healthier conversation is, is seeming seemingly working for them. Um, so I, on on question number one, I think that he, the 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 person who asked the question is is somewhat right in the fact that um, this is this this is seen as a po- this will be seen as a positive. Maybe not today, but in the future, it will be seen as a positive. Um two to five years from today, I, you know it's hard to say, but uh, I think that that as long as there is some level of moderation, advertisers will 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 still come onto the platform. And as long as that moderation uh, helps with a healthy discourse of ch- communication or discussion around topics and events, uh, then the the engagement around those will continue to increase. Um, I, I don't. Again, the the stock is very hard to determine where it's going to go. I think it's. Gonna, I mean, I, I have a position just like Akram, so we obviously think it's going to go up. Um, but you know, there's there's always external factors. You know, this is this was one that Akram just mentioned that he was unaware that was going to happen, and it might have changed the his his outlook on uh, on on what he would have done with Twitter as an investment strategy. Um, yeah, me I mean, too. if you told me, um, I
2: don't know what's going to happen to the president of the United States once he's out of office. And whether he's going to be a criminal or he's going to be exiled to like some African country to uh, live away in exile, or he's moving to uh, Russia, or he's going to be sitting on an island, you know, or he's going to be giving his book tour, you know, or he's going to try to run again, or he's going to try to start a civil war. Like, it, it's so unclear, right? It very, so yeah. it's, it's really unclear how we get like, we, we understand that he's willing to concede that he will not be president by the by the 20th. But. It seems like every single move he was making up until, you know, people died in the Capitol building in Congress, was uh, not consistent with that. And this isn't something that he was working on from the summer. It seems when he started with the whole, "Hey, if it's mail-in, uh, I don't know, it's fraudulent, yeah. yeah, it's fraudulent." He set it up for a no lose scenario for him. He wins the the election, he wins and fine and dandy. He loses, he challenges it. That's why he would never agree that he would take the results from the beginning. So like. This is a person who who strategized this, okay? And he's been relentless at it, singularly focused. So, like uh, it, I, I I it's it's it, dismissing him has been one thing, and that's when you go back to the impeachment. But as far as the platform, it it, it did add some uncertainty. I don't really care whether or not he can't tweet on it right now. It, it it added some uncertainty with how do you deal with these things going forward in general, right? And that goes back to when I tell you about the Arab Spring. And I'm like, well, you will have people on the conservative side who are freaked out about having been associated with this and essentially, you know, treasonous, right? Who are gonna point to that and point to other incidents and say, look on this platform, that how do you tell me that's a revolution and how do you tell me that's terrorism? Right? Who's the judge of that? You, Jack Dorsey? That's where you get the complication that came into this that if he just waited one week, right? So what to
0: when we talk about variables that are going forward to watch for either around that or Twitter in general? Like, what are you guys watching? What are you What are you guys thinking about as far as measuring there? Is it same old user growth monetization? Et cetera, okay, I, I don't care about
2: you, user growth really right now. I mean, I think everybody in everybody from COVID lockdown had had a nice boost. Uh, Twitter, you know, I put out that little two pager on Twitter. You know, kind of joking. Uh, uh, in, in terms of like narrowing down something where, where I tend to rant and everybody gave me a hard time over the length of the Netflix thing. Right. Which by the way, Daniel, we, <laughs> haven't, we haven't posted the, uh, Daniel was kind enough to edit, edit some of that for me. Cause I didn't want to edit it. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, you know, to talking about tweeting and like the, the attention span of just a tweet, uh, the bull market of new investors has been great for Twitter. Podcasting has been great for Twitter. You know, the, the entire lockdown has been th- – this election, uh, contrary to popular belief, you know, everybody being stuck at home, you know, uh, since essentially the week before Thanksgiving, right, and dealing with the president and what's been going on and, and challenging it, I assure you that's been good for Twitter, right, even with the week of the, the parlor protests and whatnot. So when I look at the business – I just want to I want to see that, you know, the 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 ad growth is there right after we went through this. I want to see that the the direct response rollout is going well and I want to see engagement. I want to see engagement's good and I want to see them talk about health still, which is an important thing. I don't I'd like to go and maybe Rajiv comment on this is that I would like to think that they resisted this decision the longest because they didn't want to knee jerk react to it because they were thinking about the time period and how they were going to be dealing with him as a private citizen and the added complication of uh, of POTUS. but i think overall they they've so mo- moved past donald trump you know they've got their first annals day in years coming up they have initiatives that they're focusing on they've been doing aqua hires like the whole thing was going in one direction and this was like i mean just like it surprised me it definitely surprised them as well right And everybody moved quickly and Zuck does what Zuck does because let's be honest, it does it's not going to move the needle. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah. Yeah, It's irrelevant to his business.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it's easy for him to move first. Yeah, exactly. But
2: but when I, when I look at Twitter, remember, we're, we're like, this is a company that is today, it traded down to $44. Okay. $45 flat. Right. That is roughly a $30 billion EV. Okay. So you're looking at a stock that was trading at about nine, three point five billion in trailing revenue. So let's call it uh, uh, nine billion, nine, a little more, a little over nine x sales. All right. I mean, do you know what Roku is trading at on on a on a trailing twelve month platform revenue? Fifty five times. Okay. You know, Snapchat's up there what thirty, right? So and if you were looking at, remember, this is after you know, and Rajiv and I went through this. You impaired your business to restructure your infrastructure, okay? So the advertising had its own secular tailwind coming back without the whole COVID thing that occurred also in Q1, Q2, right? So you're looking at a business on a forward multiple. Like I'm looking at this as a business that's approaching a $5 billion run rate business by the end of the year, right? And when you look at that as something that is trading at what? six times sales right that's, that's, to me that's absurd it's like the, the that's, that's where cheap. you get into that's when you get no. into the downside protection i can sneeze 30 billion today with a slide deck and a battery cell presentation okay <laughs> so i i i don't understand w- w- when people get really worked up here you need to you need to separate the stock from uh let's call it the operating element right because the, the the numbers for for Twitter Q1, Twitter's lapping Q2, right? What is that going to be like? Thirty five percent revenue growth, forty percent when they when they shrank twenty percent last year, right? So you had both COVID and you had both the 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 the, the incomplete uh, 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 ad revamp. So when you think about that, and you think about what you're paying, I, I mean, I know people will be like, oh, Akram, how are you comparing it to Roku? Well, actually, I think Roku is a very interesting compare because. They're not charging directly for they're they're essentially working off an audience they're working off the development tools around an audience right and they're taking brand advertising essentially that's the that's the business model I mean Roku's not doing uh, they're not doing uh, you know app installs right so yep. people can say oh well you're, you're taking commissions on subscription revenue uh, not really not much <laughs> okay and Furthermore, the ones that you are from an app store standpoint, they're moving all to annual billing. So if you look at Disney Plus or the triple, you can't do the Disney triple play package and use Roku for billing. You can't use Roku for billing for Netflix anymore. They killed that like two years ago. So when I look at it, I say it's a billion dollar ad business at 55 billion. And here I've got Twitter at 3.5, you know, and it's not even a billion dollar ad business, call it smaller, but I've got Twitter where it's trading. And it's six-time sales. Yeah, fine. It had a year where essentially it's flat revenue-wise, right? And uh, you can sit there and, and, and say what you want. But the platform, pre this added Donald Trump mess, has had secular tailwinds. So people be like, yeah, this thing has gone nowhere since 2015. Well, podcasting wasn't doing what it's doing. Everybody who has a podcast feels like they need to get on there if, and, and promote it, okay? Have you noticed all the people in finance who are joining? When you see, uh, you know, Third Point's Loeb coming on and Kuto's uh, uh, Lafont, you know, I can tell you that everybody in finance, including Shamath, right, looked at what uh, Ark Invest did, Kathy Wood, and they're like, yeah, I can do this in my sleep, right? And they're all doing it. That's exactly what they're doing. They're not going to leave money yep. on the table because they can't. They're incapable of promoting and incapable of distributing. And then once they get there, they discover it's interesting and they learn things and they get themselves into a, a and they get hooked. And that's how it's worked, you know? Yep. So you're seeing it happen in real time. So it's not like where well, you can sit there and talk about these guys being latecomers, but these are, you know, the type of user you want actively joining your platform in the last couple of weeks, you know?
1: Yep. I, oh, I think yeah.
2: that's, I think that is where you look at it from a, a measure of health, let's say in finance, right? And once it becomes critical for them doing what they're doing work-wise, everybody else has to be doing it. And when you see these guys who build, like, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna name names, but there's people in in software and there's people in venture who 100% have bumped up their career with very skillful Twitter work in the last six months under COVID. Okay, professional network-wise, I don't use LinkedIn, dude. Like, I'll get LinkedIn requests from people, and I'm like. Guys, like you? If, you, if you went on my <laughs> LinkedIn profile, you wouldn't even. You know, my last job is 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 a fictional oasis. You know, I used to have that there because when you short sell, you know, people would people do your homework on on LinkedIn, and that would be a good place for a background check, right? So you're not going to find out that much information, but more importantly, you're not going to connect with me, right? I'll know nothing. I mean, yes, I can see where you worked. I can get a resume, and generally speaking, it's like a slight extension of my friend network, right? Yep. Like it's not, it's not what has happened as far as like someone like, you know, Rajiv or I'm dozens of people like I've gotten to know during the lockdown uh, on COVID who uh, you know come from all kinds of backgrounds and impress me in so many different ways and I learn a lot and I, and like they're constantly stimulating you and that is the discourse that comes from this. So when you look at the opportunities they have, like professional networking is a huge one for them. Okay. And I don't think I think people don't appreciate that because I look at LinkedIn and I'm like, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it, it can't be good. Yeah. So
0: let me let me jump in to I, I want to get to as many of these as we can and also keep us relatively timely. On time. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> but, um
1: <laughs> We I could talk about this all day, you know, but yeah, right. let's keep it timely, yeah. <laughs>
0: Long-time listeners will know that the way to get Akram's attention is to troll him on Twitter with one of his past stock calls that will <laughs> automatically get a response and then you guys will be best friends by the end of the discussion. So, um Rajiv, I'll give you this one. K-Skull 2 Kevin said, "When will the product innovation come? It seems like Fleet's has kind of been a flop." Thoughts on the potential of Twitter Spaces? So, again, the last answer kind of pointed the way towards product innovation. What are your, what are your thoughts on Twitter's product innovation? I know it came up a couple months ago, but just in light of everything else, what are you thinking?
1: Um, yeah. So, I you know, product innovation at Twitter uh, is, is is accelerating. Let's just let's just let's just call it what it is. I mean, it's accelerating. We we've, we've seen in the last. 12 months, um, three pretty large uh, product uh, pushes one is is topics, which is, which has picked up quite a bit of steam and, and is very beneficial to both the users onboarding into Twitter, but also advertisers when it comes to targeting those users. Um, the other one being fleets, um, which has, it, it's 12 months, I, I say 12 months loosely here, because fleets has been around for maybe about two years now, because they launched in Brazil initially. Um, but That's another product release that I think is is uh, is adding a lot of engagement to Twitter. Um, You know, like, I mean, people that don't even tweet, I've seen use uh, fleets. And then the the third one is spaces, which is going to be a very nice segue into, um, you know, live discussion slash podcasting um, slash, you know, uh, building into maybe a subscription uh, model where you where you are where you, you know, invite people to to private rooms. Um, so I, I think the product release, the product releases have accelerated. Uh, you know, Twitter has has. Th- this is the f- I would say this is the first time in a very long time in Twitter's history where they have been able to push out large changes to their infrastructure, large changes to the to the app, uh, to the usability of the app, um, and and they're kind of just getting their feet wet. And this is the, this, this, these first three uh, big releases are are their their. They're dip. They're dipping their toes into into the into the feature sets that they're trying to release, and I think we're going to see uh, a much faster uh, release cycle uh, in, through twenty twenty one. That that is just my feeling based on what they've been talking about in earnings calls, the this analyst day that's coming up, um, how how the board reacted to keeping Jack on, you know, as a CEO uh, a couple of months ago when they voted on it, um, you know. So a, a lot of those a lot of those are indications to me that that. Jack being a product guy, and then sort of realizing that there's a lot of products that need to be uh, that, that are coming out in the pipeline, um, they need to keep Jack around. So th- those are just loose, you know, loose uh, anecdotal uh, pieces of information that I'm using to uh, determine or to assess that they're going to release products faster. Um, what those products are going to be, I have no idea. Um, I am going to guess that we're going to see more revenue products, um, just based on the fact that they need more, they, they want to make more money um and they they probably need to and uh, uh, monetize this massive this massive platform that they have uh grown over the last 4 years um so to, to make the long-winded answer uh but the short of it is i think that we will see some very nice uh product acceleration or product release acceleration through 2021
2: well you saw they bought the they bought the podcasting app I don't, daniel you probably they know more about that I yeah. wasn't That's familiar
0: right. with it before they bought it. Actually, Breaker. I
2: mean, I, I know a few people who yeah. are using it and who are like sad that it was bought purchased because it will get shut down. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, they, they, like this is like you know a bunch of a, a bunch of Aqua hires and and technologies that they've they've rolled into their stack recently um, and to move into the more into this to build out their Spaces product and and podcasting. So you know yeah, have... as you
2: pulled me into that that you that you invited me into one of those I'm on Clubhouse, and I mean it to me like the uh spaces looks just as good, just as good, yeah
1: it, it's it's just as good, just as effective, but it also doesn't require you to use a third app you know i I love Clubhouse and I love what it it is and and I'm glad that it's built, and I can see why VCs were chasing it uh, and, and and trying to win the term sheet for Clubhouse. Um, but, uh, you know, spaces does this effectively the same thing and it, and it's, it's just as polished. Um, so I, we, we, we'll see what comes down in 2021. I I don't have, uh, you know, a a hard timeline that, that has been shared with me and from the, from internal folks, but I can, I I just gut feeling, I think because they have worked up to this point and what we've seen in the last 12 months in terms of product releases, I think 2021, is going to be uh, one of the biggest years in terms of uh, of product launches at Twitter. Um, I mean, we we don't need to don't need to guess too hard, right? Like,
2: I I, I think I, I agree with I agree with Rajiv, but I'm saying if you're thinking about it, like you don't have to be a you don't have to be too creative thinking wise. You have Cameo, you have OnlyFans, you have Substack, right? You have uh, finance tools uh, around investing, like it's not very hard to guess where there'd be revenue tools and then there's professional networking. So do you, do they want to add elements of, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, the LinkedIn in into
1: Twitter, you know, layer wise. I think that's, yeah, I think that Ned even alluded to that, the, the business page, the business pages and the business profiles are going to be, uh, are going to be seeing a lot of love in terms of products. And, uh, there's going to be some revenue from that too. So, uh, we shall see. I mean, I I, I have good I, I have a good feeling about twenty twenty one and Twitter's post releases just based on the last year of what they have done, um, and what they'll work towards. So, um, you know, we th- this is the time for them to do it. You know, this is the time for them to showcase that even kicking ban- even kicking down a person like Donald Trump off the platform shouldn't matter because these are the products that we're going to push out and use the the mass the majority of users that are on Twitter are going to use that. Yeah. To monetize
2: um, themselves, which has been the story of, you know, of exactly. Twitter. I mean, that's what people are doing on it. Look, like we said in the beginning, if you came on, the, if we could have organized this immediately on a Twitter spaces, that's the ideal product. And yep. there's a reason for that. It's because the audio nature, there are people who are interesting and for the nature of their work, you know, uh, not comfortable being uh, 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 on camera or prefer to be anonymous. Right. And, yeah. and understand that it's a unique platform and that your ideas and your ability to express them stand. That's what audio does. Right. And nobody else. You could say, OK, you know, uh, like, you know, t- uh, Instagram can add this TikTok. And it doesn't work the same way <laughs> because yeah. I haven't been reading what you're writing or following you uh, for, you know, insights around positions I'm holding or work I'm doing. right? And that's the only so only just, Twitter does that. It establishes that you, you like you allow you to it allows it's allowed you to build that street cred, which you can then leverage in that. And, you know, us doing a podcast is an example of the, the top podcasters leverage this thing, you know, till kingdom come. And like you've, you've seen it within the investment community and you see, like, as I mentioned earlier, when you talk about, you know, SPAC mania and when you talk about uh, ARK Invest and people who've who've leveraged these tools on Twitter to significantly grow their businesses, or someone like Elon Musk, who's built a complete brand on it and dodged the entire uh, cost of marketing for the automotive industry, right? Which is a huge cost. Like these are things that, these are things that have been done on there and, and, and at a core level. And we know exactly where they have to go product wise to increase monetization. I think one thing that people express frustration with here, which I always like, I mean, I'm amazed that uh, they don't get more love for it is 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 the data pipe right? And we talked about this last time, and I brought it up again recently, and it's a reminder with this incident now with trump and and the politics. remember, I mean twitter uh, Twitter there's two ways you can you can approach what you're doing if you want to run a business model like Twitter. You can charge the user nothing. you can create an environment where You do not create any barriers to the user experience that that are tied to monetization. Run your brand advertising and then let the feature tools and the the productization come off people who access the data. Twitter has partially approached it that way, right? So if you look at Sprout, uh, if you look at Sprinkler, if you look at Data Monitor, if you look at Salesforce, right? You look at people in the financial services industry. You know high speed uh high speed trading firms etc so they don't, twitter doesn't need to build like you could you could it, it, it's it's rent to own type of mentality right you want to build it right or do you want to outsource it to someone else and charge a fee right and some of that has worked well that way and they get no love for that right like it's it's. I mean, as you can see, once you enter certain things, like if you're monitoring uh, and you want to, like, you want to sell an emergency, SM, like, uh, what do you want to call them? Twitter used to highlight these things, by the way. Like, if there was an earthquake in Malaysia, right? And how how it was used, how the platform was used in reaction to it. And uh, there was another one where, uh, for 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 public uh, health things for the government. And in the education sector, how Twitter is used to collect information and for studies. And in both those cases, right, these are things that are being done offline from the monetization standpoint. Twitter just charges the fee for the data. And somebody else is productizing it and charging a margin on top, right? People don't think about that that way a lot of the times. There's like, there's a, it's what percentage of your portfolio. But when you come back to a Roku, And it's like, hey, well, they've got their own ad inventory. They've got uh, inventory that they've got in in exchange that they they get a cut of, right, from the, the, the other content platforms, the media companies. They can take a fee on subscriptions. They have audience development tools. They have licensing of the OS, like that whole mix when you get into it. There's a mix and match, right? And. That's something with, with Twitter that I, I like, you know, I mean, what, what, what do people think SaaS companies are worth today? They pay, you know, 30, 40, 50 times sales, right? And you look at this business and you're like, look, that's 500 million in revenue that sits in there that nobody seems to care about. Because when I look at Snapchat or when I look at Pinterest, okay, they need to get to a size that is significantly larger than Twitter with their operating margin structure because Twitter has that mix, right? So when people in the past would compare Twitter to Facebook, it's a fallacy to sit there and be like, Twitter's, you know, everybody uses Twitter, and that's not true, okay? It's one-tenth the audience of a daily active user of Facebook. And in that one-tenth difference, there's a huge economies of scale that comes into monetizing and advertising. So when I look at Snapchat at you know 230 million, by the way, Snapchat's a very innovative company product-wise, right? Like if you want to look at it as in terms of pushing the envelope and having done a good job in, in, in product development, they do a great job. But when I look at Snapchat today as an investor, and when I looked at it, you know, like one fourth the market cap, okay. Why was I skeptical? Because I look at it and I say, even if you got to Twitter's size, you're not going to be generating meaningful free cash flow. Right? Because you need to get to a bigger scale for a Snapchat. You don't have economies of yes. scale. Yeah. You don't have, you don't like you, you gotta be like you gotta be at the level of what TikTok is doing and how they monetize, or you've got to be a player like Facebook with a B. B is a billion, right? So, when Twitter doesn't need that, Twitter exists. You know, I think uh, you know my, our good buddy Mark made a comment, on, and I, I replied to him on Twitter. And he's like, Donald Trump has 88 million users, and if you lost, you know, a third of those, uh, you know, that's a this hit to the the business. Now, first, let's set aside that nobody seems to fucking ever look at the current market cap or EV or what you're paying for multiple wise in the greatest, let's call it mania valuation of the last 20 years, right? But Twitter's monthly, daily active monetizable users in the United States are like, what, 37 million?
1: Yeah, 35, 36, yeah. Yeah, So like,
2: when I look at that, I'm like, Trump is completely, what, an irrelevant needle mover as far as somebody who's using the platform on a daily basis as a percentage of the U S population. Okay. Like you have to understand the subset when, where Facebook is like literally over 200 million. Right. So it's like literally everybody in the country. So that's where you look at it and you say they punch way above their weight. Okay. From the type of person is using it because like we said it's a professional services type of tool in terms of how you're using it for people in very specific professions so that that has a different type of value prop versus what a snapchat is trying to do as a media play okay and versus what pinterest is trying to do from a shopping perspective right so when i think going forward this year and everybody let's say let's say covid is over right Everybody else, like Pinterest probably, if you believe that by May, you know, uh, there's decent level of vaccination and uh, the summer comes and the hospitals are fine and we, we've come down from this, you know, this current, the current high and we're we're a little bit past the pol politi- we're not in a civil war. Okay. If, if, if that's, if that's your base case scenario, uh, Pinterest has a headwind. A big one, okay. Uh, I think Snapchat is still, you know, its own vertical. I don't really have a strong opinion either way on the on the usage. Uh, I think uh, the streamers have a headwind, right? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm long some Netflix, but I, I don't expect Netflix first half on the user growth to be good. I expect Netflix to just to continue to raise pricing, right? And 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 deliver uh, quality. But I think Twitter is actually the one who's in an acceleration standpoint. Because direct response is coming online, all right? They'll start rolling out spaces. They're going to be, like you you want to go back to like the Spotify uh, uh, angle early on, or if you want to go back to Netflix, they're switching things on. You do not go against a stock that's switching things on, okay, till after they've switched them on and they proved they didn't work, okay? So when I look at that, I, I like the setup, right? And, and that's one where, where people are not like, th- that's why it gets really frustrating to have conversations. I was joking about it yesterday, but it's like, I'm going to get like all these questions. If this thing opens down significantly and everyone's going to be like, what are you going to do? And what's the deal? And why is this doing this again? And I never have <laughs> luck with the stock. And, you know, why can't it just go up 64% in a week? Like, you, you know, signal, uh, what was <laughs> no, the thing no, was, think, signal three yeah. hundred? <laughs>
1: Three hundred and fifteen percent in one hour. Sixty-four percent. Why can't it
2: double like Tesla again in, in in a month and a half? uh, After you just know, just announce
1: a stock split.
2: <laughs> exactly, it wouldn't be a bad idea. But
1: <laughs>
2: you know, we we'll take what we can get. These, these but uh, but you look at it and you're just like objectively, you know. I have had people call it, I'm like, guys. I mean, it's thirty billion dollars enterprise value. Like what? what? As an What's your downside? What's your downside? You think it's going to die? Yeah. It's not dying this year.
1: No, nope, it hasn't died in 14, 15 years and the worst of the worst. So it's, you know, it's going to survive this one too. I, you know, I, as an investor though, you, you, you have to kind of separate what Twitter is versus what other things are. Um, Twitter is not what it is not viewed today as a growth play. Um, you know, growth, Growth companies like Roku or or you know, we mentioned Roku several times in this conversation. Um, they're seen more as a as a growth play. They have you know exponential growth in certain ver- in certain aspects. Uh, you know Twitter has kind of shown some growth, but also some some flatline and then some some deceleration last year in revenue. So there's it's it's kind of like a mixed bag. I, I don't want to call it a value play, but it is almost at the value play prices. You know, so in 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 an economy or in in a market where every all growth plays are you know valued fifty x sixty x sales or or forward revenue, um, you know, Twitter seems very nicely priced as a uh, as as a point to go long. Uh, You know that's just my that's just been my view for the last six months or a year with Twitter Um, because because of all the stuff that Jack and team have been doing in order to preserve what Twitter is. As a as a company, but uh, as a platform, but also grow it with all their initiatives of topics and um, health and spaces and you know the product initiatives and and soon to be revenue initiatives. So um, I I think this is a a really good spot to to start uh, to to, you know to pick up some shares of Twitter that are really cheap. Well, I mean this this morning this morning was
2: great. (laughs) Yeah, this
1: morning. I mean it's still fine. uh, I mean.
2: I, I will say, like, if you if you if you do consider, uh, I agree, all these, you know, Snapchat was going way faster. We went through this last quarter, right? Pinterest is going way faster. Uh, they both have had like, I mean, I'd say Pinterest had a very unique beneficiary uh of COVID more than anybody from the uh, from the home lockdown. Uh but both of those are early much earlier days uh monetization cycle, right? So there's that there's that hockey stick on turning some certain things on and then there is okay you know where is your organic growth going to come from right and in, in Twitter's case they've had user growth of note i mean if you look last quarter i mean they grew more than they grew more year over year on 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 the on the user on the DAUs than Snapchat i think what when you compare it to let's say a Roku at 40 50 uh, percent revenue growth uh, uh, on the platform side Yeah, I mean, that's great, but a lot of that is coming from you onboarded Disney, which, you know, was 38% of your platform revenue growth this year. You don't get to onboard Disney again next year. And for organic growth in a Roku, and I'm not going to sit here and make a bare case argument, but you need to spend more time watching (laughs) ad-supported scripted content, okay? And you've been conditioned by Netflix and Disney and everybody else now, right? to watch TV series and HBO without advertising in between, okay? So I look at that narrative as I've onboarded the share, but what's my cut when I'm, uh, when I'm reselling someone else's inventory? Well, you can see it. I mean, like, in those numbers, it's it's limited. So how does that grow once you've onboarded the three or four or five, you know, players that are the big players in connected TV? You grow by people watching more, Ad-supported scripted content because you do not get any revenue from them watching a lot more subscription video content without ads. All right. Twitter grows in engagement. So if I'm more engaged with connected TV on a let's say a Roku, they still run into that platform problem of that I'm using a UX. Okay. Twitter is your community. That's a very different distinction. And that's when you look at a Snapchat, TikTok, and whatever. When, you, when the entertainment, they're still not functioning as professional tools. You're not using it really for work. You may be using it as an advertiser to reach out the consumer, okay? But in Twitter's case, they actually have people from a professional services people standpoint for themselves who are leveraging the platform. And, and in a way that they can't do anywhere else. So I could, like when we talk about Clubhouse and like Clubhouse being what it is, like someone Instagram could, uh, Facebook could buy Clubhouse tomorrow. You know what? That would do nothing for them, because I can live stream on Instagram already with video, right? The whole point is on Twitter, there are people who don't want to do that. They want just audio, because they don't want their their, their video up there. Because you saw with Periscope. I mean, it's not like people haven't been using Periscope on Twitter. I haven't been going live on Twitter. So, uh, I I think as Rajib was saying that. One needs to step back and say, all right, they're growing slower, but they're, you know, one and a half times, one from three quarters times Snapchat's revenue base. And Snapchat is what, two and a half times their enterprise value already? Okay, so when I look at Snapchat today, and I'm not going to give like, you know, an investment opinion on it going forward right now, but like it has 200 or whatever million daily active users, 220, 230. Right versus the 186, 187 of, of Twitter. I don't know where Snapchat gets from 220, 230 to 500. Like, I, I, I don't, do you guys feel that way? Like, don't do you see a challenge there? If I asked you where, what, what causes that to get to 500? Okay. I know that if users? Twitter doesn't grow from here, notably, it still can grow its monetization,
1: notably. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, network effects t- tend to play on top of themselves. So it's like the bigger the network gets, the faster it grows. Essentially, is what, is what kind of what I've noticed in the past. Um, so I, <laughs> we we've talked about this before. I mean, it's like Twitter is not for everyone. It's not. It's not. It's not as easy. It's not easy to use. It's not. It's not straightforward for some people. Um, you know, but it is very. It is very useful for the people that do use it. Um, or that know how to use it or that want to figure out how to use it um it, it's addicting it, it it captures you really quickly once you once you kind of get into a swing of things and 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 chamath is a is an ex, is an ex, exceptional example of this i mean he's building a brand a, a, he's building his entire legacy on twitter right now uh, with, with all these specs that he's promoting and pushing and and launching um on, on, you know through twitter and, and using that sort of uh, medium for communicating what he's doing um, so like there is some power to that. And like, I, I agree if, even if they don't grow users at all, the revenue is, is going to be, is going to grow as a nice healthy clip, like, what I mentioned last time too. So, um, I want to say that the users are going to grow faster or, or more because Donald Trump is gone, but it. Again, TBD. You know, we'll have to see. I, I think Q4 was a great, great quarter in terms of user growth. Um, and even if it wasn't, I think it's going to be a great quarter for revenue growth. I'm not. I'm not. The metrics are 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 a little less uh, important to me now than they were in the past because of where Twitter is. Um, you know, they have a very healthy, large, engaged network of users. 160 million DAUs or whatever. 187 million DAUs, um, and they are they're just. They're cranking on revenue products. um they're cranking on they're just you know running revenue products hot, so they they will show really nice revenue uh, growth um, so i i I, I want to say that 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 I am more i would i want to say I'm more bullish on Twitter than I have been in the past um because of the the events that have transpired and uh, recently um and just just the fact that they did not suffer the same fate that Parler uh, or, or, or go down the same road that Parler went down. Um, where it's just like, hey, let's just do whatever everyone wants to do and we'll figure it out later. It, it doesn't work because you know all the other companies don't want to play with you. Uh, advertisers don't want to play with you. I, there was a, an amazing uh, uh, quote with Kara Swisher when, he was talk- when she was talking to John Matz, the uh, CEO of Parler. And she was, like, she was asking him where he gets all his ad revenue from. And it's all. I think the. I think it was like majority of it comes from Republicans, right? I mean, there are no like brand advertisers or direct response advertisers that want to be associated with that kind of content. Um, so, it, I, I think this is this play is hard for Twitter today, uh, but it is setting them up very nicely for uh, for a strong 2021 and 2022. All
0: right, let's go. I'm gonna try to keep you guys to short responses a lightning round just so that we get the last last few tweets i have a buzzer sound effect i will comply i will try to play Uh,
1: yes me too so some of this (laughs) some of this is already
0: uh we've touched on some of this in some form or another but let's run down at jackie chen 1008 jack said are you disappointed in twitter compared to other social network peers i don't know whether that's in response to the events or whether it's in response to the stock performance over the years, but quick, what's your quick response there?
2: My answer is uh, no, uh, and this is to make this short and sweet. If you have a bear thesis on this stock that it's predicated on its failure in the past, you're lost. It's pointless. That's not how the stock market works. Okay. So, That's right. the, you know, past failure Forward can looking. be an indication of future inability to execute, but the minute that changes, you know, it's a, it's a runaway locomotive. And I mean, whether you, you could sit here, like uh, Rajiv and I were talking about this recently with Tesla, like it had a five-year gap where it went sideways and he's been a persistent, long believer in Tesla and won't get into the details of, you know, the, the, the crazy 10, 12 X or whatever it's up by now this year. but If your thesis was like, well, you know, uh, Tesla was almost bankrupt. Well, I mean, it was, but then it didn't. So like, what's, look what happened. (laughs) Okay. So you need to have a view on the future. And just judging by his question, his question seems predicated on the fact that, are you disappointed? I.e. Are they not Facebook? And I mean, Galloway's gone down this path. A lot of people have gone down this path. They will never be Facebook. No, they will never be. It is not Facebook. Do not look at 2 billion DAUs. (laughs) Like if I, if I, if I asked you Rajiv or or Daniel, and I told you guys today, Snapchat in two years will have a billion users and you could have one stock to short, who would it be? Exactly. (laughs) Right. So there you go. (laughs) Next question.
0: Well, Rajiv, do you want to whack at it or?
2: He said he agrees. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Fine. Yeah. We'll take that. Yeah. I I I will say up until this point, sure. It depends on when you entered the, the stock of Twitter. But moving forward, I don't think you'll be disappointed.
2: I mean, as a side note, remember guys, I was short in March. Go back and read the tweets when when this the Silver Lake deal it was announced. I was like, what does that change? Right? I now we get had a I, podcast I, I, on it. I now get the most expensive yeah. stock in in, in in social and it's not growing and it's had its past problems, or it's very different world from March to today. Like, you know, there's we can't even begin to start with certain names, how their business has changed from dead to taking over the planet.
0: Okay, next question. We the first part of this Akram touched on and but I'll throw it to Rajiv, both parts of it at Jose Coray wrote one Twitter data business has a good margin, but Twitter hasn't pushed that revenue stream lately. No, neither of these are questions, but. The other two Olympics might happen this summer. The fact that stadiums would not be at full capacity, presumably for COVID reasons, might give a chance for users to interact through Twitter, which any thoughts on either of those possibilities or those
1: you know, statements? Akram is, has has talked about, number one, very eloquently and and, and you know, made a made really solid points on number one. So I'm not going to touch on that other than the fact that the uh, the data business is healthy, and it will continue to be be healthy and has really healthy margins. Um, number two, the the Olympics uh, happening this summer. Yeah, I think they're going to happen. I mean, with the vaccine rollout, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about May, June here. Um, and th- that's, that's going to be a massive event. And there, I mean, again, there is no competition to Twitter, where are you going to go to talk to you? The world and and discuss you know information that is happening at the Olympics. It's it's not going to happen anywhere else. So um yes, I think tw- uh, I think it's number two is going to give uh, Twitter a very nice uh, tailwind.
2: To step in uh, comment on number one is uh, they 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 were taking pricing if you understand the business. So they've been moving people to new contracts for the last eighteen let's call it twenty four months whatever it is. Uh, they had a boost on that if you remember when they were more we talking about the data business. I think you'll see uh, there's IPOs coming for a lot of the data partners and as engagement goes up and they they change the way the API uh, uh, pricing operates, I think you you will see, you know, there's pricing power to be had there, but I don't think that that's an immediate focus right now. Okay. Let's, my buzzer doesn't work if I'm on the lock screen, but- the
0: I will say data is up 9.2% year over year if you go into the 10Q for the first nine months. So just as a note there, the at Dino Fold this one I think we, I'll go again to Rajiv because we sort of touched on this last time you were on the podcast. I feel like they have the eyeballs. They just don't put the correct ads in front of them a lot of the time. I always assumed getting users was the harder thing. But how trivial or non-trivial is it to get to a point where the ads don't suck? So thoughts on what you know, we we covered the ad server at length and the fact that they now have a more sophisticated ad stack to be able to pull in data properly, et cetera. But any any sort of are you seeing evidence of that or what what are your thoughts on this uh as we are now in 2021 instead of coming off the Q3 earnings?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll make two, two comments. First, the first point is they have gotten significantly better. Um, and I, just anecdotally, I was doing some research on a uh, data automation or a, a deployment automation platform called CloudBees, and one of their biggest competitors is Harness. Um, and while I was doing some digging through Twitter and reaching out to a few folks and, and just discussing CloudBees, I started seeing Harness ads. So, I mean, the, the keyword targeting for Harness. Uh, to, to look for users that are, that are engaging around CloudBees uh, worked like a charm there. Um, so that's one. And then the, the other point is that I, I'm seeing a lot more variability in the type of ads that I'm seeing. So it's not just uh, pre-roll. It's, just, it's not just a brand ad. It's uh, map ads. it's direct response, it's branding. Um, there's interstitials, there's pre-rolls. I mean, I'm seeing a, lo- a breadth of ads. Now, are they all relevant to me? Probably not, and I mean this is true for every platform. I see ads on Instagram um, when I use it very rarely, but when I do use it, I see ads on there that aren't relevant relevant to me at all. So I mean, advertisers are not going to have a um, a, a, a very you know a, a finite. They're not going to have a very finite number of users that they want to reach. They want to reach a broader audience, even if the ads aren't relevant to them. So Twitter is going to have that same experience. With that said, I think ads in general are. Um, it, they, they, they play in two different ways. One is that they can be kind of complementary to your content, which is why I love Pinterest, because ads are typically complementary to what people are searching for, and that's why I've, you know I'm very long Pinterest. but um, and, and there's another th- then there's a second version of ads where it is it, it sort of flows with what you are already looking at or, or already thinking about or already discussing, um, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook or, or Twitter, as we're discussing here. So ads have definitely gotten better. Um, there are definitely different varieties of ads, um, they're covering more surface area. Um, and I think it's up to advertisers to start honing their targeting in order to 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 find the right audiences on Twitter to, to show those ads to I think, right, you know, up until now, because the ad server was, you know, have, having its own issues, um, it was more of a spray and pray and just serve whatever ad we could. I don't think that's true anymore. Um, I think they're a lot more, a lot tighter in their targeting.
2: Note, note how Rajib struck, st- st- uh, s- uh, snuck in. his long Pinterest, very, very long Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> I am very long uh, Pinterest. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, look, you're, you're not going to hear me complain. There, I mean, it's a bitter pill for me. Uh, last year, I mean, I was, I was Mr. Pinterest. But I definitely do look at Pinterest today and say, you know, will the board housewives uh, get out of the house?
0: All right, let let's keep her moving. We've got two two tweets left to get to. One is this is probably the most substantive of our lightning round. At shorty four 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 four, good handle. Given I'm short, (laughs) Sean Terrell. Sean Terrell writes: Where do the next ten million users come from? Leadership silence. How do shareholders manage this? New product evolution. Love to understand your thoughts here. We've covered new product evolution. Thoughts on, and we've sort of covered that we don't care about the next 10 million users. But any thoughts on let's 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 in fact zero in on leadership silence. How do we how do how do you guys as shareholders manage this?
1: I I, I mean, what what is it that that leadership? Sh- I mean, could they tweet more? Yes. Uh, could could they could they get on the could they get in front of analysts or or investors more? Sure. Um, but, but they say what they have to say and in most of their earnings calls or, or whenever, you know, Ned gets on CNBC, he says what he has to say. I I don't see that there's much, I mean, they give us, they give us what they're doing. I mean, there's no, like, uh, there's no, I don't think there's any secretive ambition there. I think they just say it like it is when they have the opportunity to say it. they, They aren't very active though. That, that is. I mean, is it nice to, for that? Would it be nice for them to be active? Sure. I, I don't think that it matters to me that much. I mean, a lot of the CEOs that are, a lot of the companies that I'm invested in, the CEOs aren't super active with their, with their investors. And that, that's totally fine. I mean, Pinterest is one of those. I never hear from Ben Silverman. I mean, he's a buddy of nobody mine. But nobody even knows No one even knows who he is, but it's totally fine. You know? <laughs> so like I, I, the, the site, what, what, Except for his, his former chief operating officer, yeah, exactly.
0: Right, that was just what was <laughs> in my head, Francois Brochier. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I, who's been yeah. tossed around, by the way, as a as a Twitter candidate. Elazio? Oh, as oh, interesting. interesting. Oh, oh, that's right. He has been. I, I I think I did see that. Um, so I I don't I don't know I don't think necessarily that it bothers me as much that they they aren't as active as people would like them to be, but. Just go back and listen to what Jack has to say in his earnings in the Q and A of earnings calls. He says what he has to say. We're, we're focused on revenue. We're focused on health. We're going to make the best decisions that we can for for the users that are currently using our platform, and everyone else can kiss our ass. You know, and that's basically uh, what it comes down I, to.
2: I'm I'm with Rajiv. Look, he's not. He's never going to be Elon Musk, uh, and get up there and you know sell short shorts.
1: <laughs> uh, we were actually, Rajiv and
2: I were talking about. We were talking about the lemonade guy. You, you, we 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 discussed that also in Slack, right? Shot. I thought about I bringing
0: him up in respect to Section two hundred and thirty, and then forgot about it with respect he, to seeking. And, and he,
2: and he, you know, basically posted something today where, uh, yesterday, where he's just like he's not happy with people criticizing the business, and he thinks it's disinformation. And uh, like this gets into the stock market, right? Like, if you want, do you want the CEO? Who is seems to be very preoccupied with the stock price? I mean, Reed Hastings. We go back to it. You know, cover your short. Uh, Whitney Tilson, 2010. That was like a month after I wrote my my Netflix short thesis. Uh, I mean, this stuff goes on. I don't think th- it's 100% obvious that's ju- not Jack Dorsey's personality. So anybody expecting that from now, just like you're, you That's he needs to he needs to be fired from his job if Twitter has problems. Okay, so don't be hoping for that because he's not changing all right, like it's worked for him at square. it's worked for him at Twitter. It's just the way he lives his life.
1: The stock price and is the last he clearly
2: thing.
1: He's, yeah, the, he's not focused the stock on-
2: price is the last thing he's gonna acknowledge. Yeah. Is it annoying to watch him talk about Bitcoin and never talk about Twitter? Yes, it can be clearly, he's sucked into the Bitcoin thing uh as far as something that captivates him more from. I don't know personal interest, maybe, and maybe that's maybe it's something because there's it, it, side hustle. I
1: think he, I, no, I think he sees that as a proxy for for underserved markets uh, for using Square as as a bank. So that that's kind of what he's playing at. I,
2: no, that's a good angle. Yeah. That's a good angle. I mean, whatever whatever it is, he's never going to be uh, like Elon and waging a war against everybody who takes it's just not his personality. Exactly. So you know who he is. Uh, as yeah. as far as the CFO. Uh, I think yes, they could do a better job, and we're gonna get that. Look, this analyst day is high expectations. Understand that, people. Like, if you watch the Disney analyst day, okay, that was a big analyst day. Disney's crushed two analyst days in a row, uh, from when they launched Plus and they announced its pricing to this one, where like, I mean, even though I, I'm, I'm gonna say they just basically said we will will spend two billion dollars more on content, and you'll move our market cap by fifty billion. Uh, and we'll dress it up really nicely. They're Hollywood. They know how to do that. <laughs> okay. So Disney put on a show and Disney can put on a show. They've got Captain America and Iron Man. Okay. And and Aladdin. So that's like, that's the, that's the advantage. And particularly when you got Yoda behind you saying do or do not, there is no try. You, you, it's It's tough to beat. Can, can Twitter live up to that come February 25th or whatever it is? Uh, it's going to be very hard, right? So I think the, for us, expectation-wise, if they deliver a coherent vision and show us exactly where they're they're planning on taking this, they'll get they're going to get a positive reaction. Your question is, does the stock run before or after? And that's where you get into like the whole Jack Dorsey thing. I I I I'm I'm with Rajiv. Like yeah, I wouldn't. Is you you're not changing it? We got into this last time, like. He is who he is. He's
1: focused on the he's product. A zen,
2: he's a zen, he's, fo- he's focused on the product. Yeah. He's kind of a Zen master dude. Uh, you know, the 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 large activist investors he has on board are are this is not their first rodeo. Okay. These are sophisticated institutions. So for them to be, like for them not to be willing to cause carnage here, they must have, you know, done their their homework and uh and and be willing to you know give them this opportunity up to that. But if it runs big into that analyst day and they flop that, I mean, I will consider selling my shares. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's definitely a measuring stick for them. There's no, there's no denying that is an event.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it, 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 they're going to, yeah, they're either going to capture investors or not. Okay. Let's um, thank you. I I will. I do want to acknowledge all of these people that have submitted questions. Thank you for submitting these questions. So they're all really, excellent and adds you know great context to this conversation so appreciate that
0: yeah this is first time for the razor's edge to have so many questions so we thank you rajiv we're we're we're
1: almost live
0: tweeting (laughs) (laughs) so i will throw in two comments before we go to the last question and then we will sign off my two quick comments are the lemonade ceo it's never a good sign when you start griping about Seeking Alpha. I say that as a former Seeking Alpha employee. I say that as somebody who saw his tweets and knows that Seeking Alpha has policies that covers a lot of what he's asking for. Um, I just thought that was uninformed. And the Reed Hastings example is how you should be engaging with investors rather than complaining. Um, and it's interesting that Jack Dorsey is CEO of Twitter, which is such a short-term-oriented platform, just as far as sitting on it, engaging, and yet he is meant to have the long-term value of the company for shareholders, et cetera, in mind. There's something interesting there. Um, Last question gets us sort of back to where we started. Akram, you get to brandish your constitutional law knowledge here. Next Gen Attorney Thomas J. Chapman asks, should Twitter adopt content moderation standards consistent? with the SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the US, United States, decisions on First Amendment free speech.
2: What say you? Uh, I'm going to say that uh, this is uh, Congress's job to get in here and legislate. And if they want to, they can. If not, uh, it's a decent guideline for public discourse, right? But like we said before, the Supreme Court is not, you know, nine androids. They, and they've been politicized they more than ever. So they that's are interpreting true. just as Jack Dorsey's interpreting. And that's where you get to who in Twitter. Are they going to form their own Supreme Court? Like, I mean, we went through this panel. Like, are, are, is this going to come to big tech? Is going to have to have nominated, you know, you know, four liberals and four conservatives? That Facebook
0: was on its way to doing something like that, if I recall, around the Cambridge Analytica stuff. They were like considering a Facebook they- Supreme Court.
2: And to a degree, like that's something that th- these companies are doing. But I don't think you can. Like again, these are moving targets. So we like, does how the Trump drama ends. Is this going to end with him filing a case against a Twitter and saying that uh, you know they've infringed on his rights, they've robbed him of they've they've robbed him of his property, they've done you know they they've got against the president of the United States as a former president. Is he going to take that position like? who knows if he wants to f- fight a lawsuit and and, and and drag this out? But at some point, some clarity is going to have to come of this one day that is not being you know reactionary. But I don't think uh, in a short answer, no, I don't think you can like ju- I think you can use it as a guideline, and that seems to be what they're doing, right? What is the speech that they determined earned him a ban? It was that rose to a clear and imminent threat. I mean, they, they cited in their blog post that him, like, I mean, I read it this way that him tweeting he's not going to be in the inauguration is signaling to some and potentially furtherly inciting and bringing risks into the equation for the inauguration. I mean, let's make no mistake here. This is no joke. People died. It's like there's people on no fly list. People are going to jail. Okay. I mean, treason's a no joke crime in any country. So it's it's, a lot of people thought this was like the, you know, WWE supporting and, and uh, you know, we're having fun and we got carried away. And I mean, you know, they're taking selfies. Like if you look at the context of it, you know, you have people dying and you have people taking selfies with smiles and people dressing up like Simpsons characters. All right. This thing is out there. And our president's motto (laughs) last summer is law and order. Well, you know, it's time for some law and order in general. And I don't know where, I don't know where, I don't, I don't necessarily know where that comes from. And like, that's, that's undetermined. I, I think Twitter needs to stay away from what uh, what exactly they're going to follow, because it'll be like, if you use this for here, then what are you going to use to, for foreign countries? That's another question you did, like people haven't considered, like, is like, how do you differentiate between the policy? Someone was asking me about the foreign situation. I'm like, look, the United States has foreign policy which acknowledges foreign leaders, right? Uh, and there's an interest in letting a foreign leader tweet what he wants. I mean, you've seen Kim Jong Il, you've seen Ayatollah uh, uh, what's his name, Khatami or whatever. Like, like these I mean, guys have yeah. tweeted things that that Donald Trump w- would point to and say, why haven't you banned them from your platform, right?
0: Yeah. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good is also part of that story. I think I feel like there's that's and that's online moderation is just
2: oh yeah, it's, it's not easy. It's complicated and it's annoying. And I honestly like uh, you know I I just wish this is the, like our our president would just gone play golf and we could have moved on with our lives without having to deal with this. Yeah, a lot of
0: rent free living in our heads on all of this, I, but uh. Yeah.
1: After today, hopefully we just like, got it all out and then it, it's it's done. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: the Supreme Court is not going to solve this for you. I mean, like, they may change their opinion soon. So, like, what good does
1: that even do? Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Um, let's wrap there. Guys, we, disclosures. Akram, I think you mentioned Netflix. Rajiv, you mentioned Tesla and Pinterest. Any other positions that you guys have that came up that you can think of? Nope. No lemonade. He, I think.
1: Lemonade. i think I'm long, long lemonade. lemonade. Uh, I don't own Roku, and I, yeah, we talked about Roku too. But no uh, short positions on anything. No, yet. Yeah,
2: staying, staying <laughs> out of the way.
0: I don't think, I don't think I have any positions here. Um, we mentioned oh, Bitcoin.
2: That. Bitcoin. No, no Bitcoin.
1: No Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah,
2: I. Um. Unfortunately, I will, no Bitcoin. I'll just add, we've called out Elliot
0: Turner earlier. He's a part of a really good podcast as well for anybody who's stuck this long, The Intelligent, This Week in Intelligent Investing. I enjoy that one. Um, all right, guys. I think we've covered it. Twitter. Oh, we've, got the, we've got the flag in the ground. Oh,
2: wait, 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 wait. wait! One last thing. Where is the stock going to be on March 1? Yeah.
1: Rajiv? Uh, um, well, earnings is what? The 9th of February? Uh, earnings ninth analyst day the 25th i think right i checked that so if 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 things go well i think it's gonna be 60 plus if things don't go well we'll be sitting in the 40s no no i want a price (laughs) oh just a price okay it's march 1st uh 62 okay
2: daniel 53 there you go all right, I'm gonna go with 64.50. There we go. Oh, yeah, I was,
1: I
0: was looking for $62.01. Are we playing prices, to- prices right rules here? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Daniel is definitely Yeah, I've got the, I've got the well, yeah. well, one
2: dollar. <laughs> I, I, I still want to play the prices right. I think I could dominate <laughs> on that game. Yeah, there's
0: a. a- Former colleague at Seeking Alpha was on the show once, and I think he won the showcase showdown. Oh,
1: but, uh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's got to that's be fun. So, Daniel, yeah, one question before we wrap this up. Uh, are you going to buy Twitter shares after this conversation? Yes or no? I don't Pretty think
2: nice. so yet. But- I mean, if you didn't if you didn't pull the trigger this morning, I mean, what are you doing?
0: It's look, it's floating at the low
2: 48. Yeah, uh, you've got time. I think you've got time. I mean, I wonder if Justin bought any or is he just
1: going to be like, "Hey, told you so." <laughs> I I think until uh, earnings like- that we're going to see some uncertainty here and unless they announce something, you know, but uh, if there's if there's if we're going radio silence here till earnings, we're going to have some uh, volatility in the stock for sure.
0: Yeah. You no, know, it's never dull with Twitter. Nope. I guess you can say that. Nope. So there we go. Thank you for listening to The Razor's Edge. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at, at @DanielShortman and at Akram's Razor with suggestions, requests, or anything else. We aim to publish this every Tuesday morning and love to hear from you. If you can share this with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really be grateful as that will help the podcast grow and improve. This has been a Shortman Studios production. Our theme song is Move On by Soquel. Thank you for listening and see you next week.